name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. So I just got back down off the mountain. I was at Whispering Winds. We had our men's retreat. I don't know, we had 25 or 30 guys there. It was great, and it was going real well. They'll finish up this morning, and I heard all their confessions, so I got a lot for you, okay? They were such good confessions. They were felt. They weren't just like going through the motions, but they actually reflected and felt the pain of their sin and their need for the Savior. I always say the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. Shortest distance between us and God is a good confession. Do it. That's the genius of the Catholic Church, the Eucharist and confession. It's the genius of the Catholic Church. That's why Jesus came, so that we could experience this incredible good news that God has for us. Another cool thing that there were a couple other groups at the Whispering Winds this weekend. One was a Jamaican Baptist group, and they were up there having a retreat. It was great to meet our brothers. It was a, a men's group as well. And then St. Bridget's, their young adults were up there. And I was talking to one of their young adults. And this, the reason I say this is because I just want to continue to applaud you. But this uh, young adult from St. Bridget's says, I love St. Charles Borromeo. They are so warm and so loving. And then she said, and this is what stuck with me, and they know each other. They know each other. We know each other. We know about each other's lives because we're here together and sharing, and that's so beautiful. So on to the gospel today of the adulterous woman, story of the adulterous woman. Very powerful, very powerful story for us. But about 15 years ago, I boarded a plane to go speak in the Midwest. And that morning, I prayed specifically. I said, I, I just want to share the gospel with somebody on the plane. I just want to share the exhilarating, wonderful, splendid, lasting good news of the Lord. So I was praying. I don't know if you ever heard of this, but for a divine appointment. So that's an appointment that God sets up and that I can be on the plane and, and share just how good our Lord is. So I sat down and... There was this woman that I sat down next to, and she immediately just started driving me crazy. <laughs> she was talking on her phone, and very loud, one of those kind of people, they look at me, I'm talking on my phone, and I'm interrupting everybody else, and it's all about me, me, me. And I'm like, you're driving me crazy. She's probably in her upper 50s and very elegantly dressed, and so I'm like, oh, I'm not so being very Christian right now. Miss Prissy. So I was going south, and then the stewardess came, and she said, please silence your cell phone. We're taxiing, ready to take off, and she continued to talk on her cell phone. She was breaking the moral law of cell phone obedience on the plane. <laughs> Driving me crazy. So we get up. You know, I'm in my clerics. So we, we finally get up. We're about 10 minutes, 15 minutes in the air. She turned to me. She goes, are you a minister? And I'm like, duh. What gave that away? Caller, Roman caller, priest. And she started talking to me, and she talked to me about how much she loved her Baptist faith, and she's known the Lord since she was four years old. And I'm thinking, oh, Lord, have mercy on my soul. <laughs> and she talks to me about how her, both her Baptist daughters had met and married these wonderful Catholic Christian men, and they converted to the Catholic faith. And I'm like, mea copa, mea copa. <laughs> Throwing stones. Pointing the finger. 
How often does that happen? If our church, if we did the exact opposite of that, this thing, I think, we'd be full today. And I was caught. Caught in my sin. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have sinned in my fault, in my words, what I have done. So that can happen. We can throw those stones. And this progression in the story like to move, that's the first and obvious one. That's kind of an immature Christianity, if we're, we're there, and that's kind of our mode of operandus is what we're doing a lot. God calls us out of that, obviously. Got to tell you about a second plane ride. So I was coming back from Bogota, Colombia about eight, nine months ago, and I was going from Bogota to Panama City and then Panama City to LAX. And so I, before I got on the flight, I got a, a latte, because I like it a latte, but I, I said, extra hot, got the latte, got on there. And it was still COVID, mind you, so you, you're wearing your mask. But to drink your latte, you really can't wear your mask. So I wasn't wearing my mask, and I was kind of reading something. And a couple times, the, the stewardess came by and said, please put, put your mask on. I wasn't exactly paying attention to that. I was drinking my latte. So uh, about 10 minutes later, she comes up from behind me, and she just grabs my latte, and she starts going off on me in Spanish. And I know a little Spanish, but it's been a while. And uh, it's like, oh, it was just shocking. She just took it. She ripped it out. She hands me this placard, and I did hear the word policia <laughs> in that. I'm like, lordy, lordy. So I started thinking about that. Okay, I'm in a foreign country. I'm going to Panama City. I don't know what you've heard about Panama City, but it can be kind of scary. I'm going, and, and what is going to happen to me? Obviously, I've been caught again. And what's going to happen when I land? And we get there, and we taxi to the gate, and is there going to be a cop there, and there's going to be handcuffs? And I don't know the language, and who will I call? And I'm in Panama City where maybe people go not to return. And all these things are going on in my mind. And I'm having this experience, and I was good. Once, you know, I heard policia, and I, I put on my mask, and then we got into the gate, and before anybody got off the plane, this guy in the suit comes on, and he comes walking down the aisle. <laughs> is he coming after me? Is he going to get me? And I'm just sweating. And then he walked by, and I'm like, phew. And then I was about 30 rows back, so it took a long time. It took forever to get off that plane. I got off that plane. I ran to the bathroom. I changed and disguised myself to get on the next flight. I needed to get to LAX, which was 20 minutes later. And I'm like, oh, thank you, God. Looking back on that, I said, why, why did I have that experience? And God was showing me spiritually it's a metaphor for where I was, where I was when I didn't know the Lord. And I was caught, and I was caught in this darkness, and I didn't know what was on the other side, and there's no way out, and I'm totally at the mercy of something else, and is this mercy going to be good? Is it going to be bad? Is it going to be indifferent? What is it going to do to me? So the progression that I, I got for us in our gospel, they, it goes from the crowds and the scribes and the Pharisees to throwing stones, wanting to, to give them some, someone else, and how we can do that. That's, that can be a level, but we got to move from that to being caught. We got to be caught, caught out in who we are, and we have to feel it. Like when I'm hearing confessions and people are feeling it, they're feeling what life is like 
without the Lord and that how that's misery and that the Lord in today presents us with a choice and this choice is forever it's about forever and I love St. Augustine's take on this this parable of the Samaritan woman and the story of the Samaritan woman because he said Jesus says who who's ever without sin cast the first stone so they're all dropping their stones and walking away and then what happens in the end Augustine says only two remained misery and mercy and brothers and sisters that's the story for you and me in the end all that remains is misery and mercy and we have to, a choice to make and what's the other side of if we just choose that we're in that that misery you know I'm on that plane I'm full, fully helpless totally helpless and I'm seeing a dark night and only a bad end terror and horror and will ever get out of this and Jesus comes in mercy so to be able to trust that that I am that adulterous woman before Jesus and I have no way out I have no help out it's only going to be torment and misery forever and I need to feel that and I'm going to pray for you and me and us that we could really experience that in our souls because if you don't know what that's like then we don't know what having a savior is like if we don't know what misery is like then we don't know mercy and we'll just continue to cast the stones at someone else and guess what brothers and sisters it's not about somebody else it's not about them over there or what's going on it's about me it's about looking into my heart and soul it's not talking about those bad people and those sinners and those prostitutes and those drug dealers and those people who don't forgive it's about how's that happened in my life and accepting the mercy of Jesus in my life so I pray that we'll feel that and that we'll come running to confession that he can pour out his mercy on us the God of compassion just as he was tracing in the ground his love for his the people that daughter of his that people were condemning caught in adultery he's tracing on our souls he's been there all the time doing that he's waiting to trace on our souls mercy Lord have mercy Christ have mercy Lord have mercy